Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, and today I'm taking you behind the scenes of a real wedding. You're going to experience firsthand what goes into a wedding weekend by us planners, the obstacles we have to endure, and also what we do to get around them. I took you behind the scenes with me in season two, and you loved it, so we are doing it again in season three. Now, if you are listening to this episode and it gets cut short because your drive or your workout ends or whatever happens, make sure you come back to it because so much happened at this wedding and it will be so helpful for you as you plan to make sure you avoid many of the headaches that we had to endure. And now on to today's episode. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Ask the Planner. As I mentioned in the intro, today I'm taking you behind the scenes of one of our real weddings from the 2022 season. Now, to protect the innocent, I won't be giving too many specifics about this wedding because that's not what this episode is about, but I will be going through lots of different things This episode is plenty long enough so that you guys can really hear what goes on and what we have to do to fix all of the things, even though we put in so many plans in place for your wedding. Now, if you are new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here for season three of the podcast. If you like today's episode, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Reviews really help little up-and-coming shows like us get found by more listeners. The more reviews we have, the more listeners we get. The more listeners and reviews we have, it leads us to getting more awesome guests to interview for you on the show so we can continue to make amazing free content for you. So let's get back to today's topic. Now, this wedding was a two-day affair with a rehearsal dinner the day before and the wedding on Saturday. They also had a farewell brunch at the venue, but our team wasn't part of it, but it kind of goes into it a little bit later. Our story of the episode, like, like, like a fairy tale, it's not a fairy tale, our story begins a couple weeks before the wedding and gives you a play-by-play of our planning and behind the scenes. So this wedding was scheduled to take place in the fall in a tent. The rehearsal dinner was for about 40 to 45 people expectedly, and the weather was trending colder and colder. Now, we do live in upstate New York, so that wasn't a surprise. It's going to be colder. So at about three weeks before the wedding, we were watching the weather like all wedding planners do. And after a particularly cold weekend, the venue and I had a heart-to-heart regarding the rehearsal dinner venue. We were both concerned that at 7 p.m., so the party was supposed to be like 5 to 7 p.m., 7.30, the temperature is supposed to be in the 50s, which is not comfortable if you're outside when people are all dressed up in like cocktail attire. The tent had heaters and sides, but it's outdoors, and no matter what you tell guests about dressing appropriately, you can try, guys, it often seems to fall on deaf ears, either because they've already made up their mind about what they're wearing or they're just not paying attention. 
So they show up and they're really, really cold. And they seem to hold it against you because the weather isn't good. And like, why would anyone have a wedding out here or a rehearsal dinner out here when the weather is bad? So where am I going with this? The venue and I decided we needed to move the rehearsal dinner to one of their other properties. We didn't want to do it. We were really hesitant about it because the vibe is just different from the original plan. But in the end, we thought it was really important in order for the guests to have a good time. So I had a call with my client and luckily they were on board, like fully. So yay, crisis averted. They were like, this is great. We're happy to move. Awesome. So good. Luckily, this did not change significantly our rental needs for the event. We had already ordered linens for rectangular tables, and normally this venue would have had to have round tables, but because their guest list got smaller, it was actually okay because it would have been too late to switch our order from rectangular table linens to round table linens. So yet another crisis averted. That's crisis number two. Okay, so that was a couple weeks before the wedding. So now we're going to fast forward to the wedding weekend itself. So I'm going to start with Friday, the day before the wedding. So at 10.15 a.m., I get out of my kickboxing class and meet the stationer downstairs at the gym to pick up the menus, programs, escort cards, signage, etc. Luckily, she and I both work out at the same place, so it works out nicely for our schedules, and I often see her on Fridays before my weddings. So at 10.36 a.m., I receive a call from one of the rental companies that the linens that we had ordered for the wedding are late. So instead of being delivered on Wednesday as they were supposed to be, they are now being delivered today, Friday. However, their truck to deliver to the venue already left on Thursday. So would it be okay if I came and picked up the linens that are arriving late, like the last ones, and bring them to the venue myself for the rehearsal? So of course I'm going to say yes, but it's not as easy to do because linens are big and heavy and linen boxes take up a lot of space. I drive an SUV for this purpose, but sometimes I still don't have enough space for all of my stuff and my staff have to bring some of the stuff too. So luckily though, in this case, the linens were for the cocktail hour at the wedding, so we didn't need as many and they were not for the rehearsal dinner, so they didn't need them like ASAP because they were already setting up for that event. So another crisis averted, so that's number three, I think. If it had been the linens for the wedding, we would have been in trouble because I definitely would have not been able to fit all those boxes in my SUV. So I drive over to the rental company, put the linen boxes in my car, which is kind of difficult to do because I'm five foot two and my wingspan is little. And kind of getting my arms around these boxes is very awkward. But And they weigh like 30 to 40 pounds. But luckily, we get it. So 11.30 a.m., I'm back at my house. And the florist delivers the flowers for the rehearsal dinner to my house directly. And I immediately bring them inside so they're not outside in the sun. And normally, they would deliver the flowers directly to the venue. But as the venue is an hour away... We opted to have them delivered just to my house instead to save some of the shipping or the delivery costs. Okay, now it's 12.26 p.m. on Friday, and I finished wrapping the couple's thank you gift. I did shower, don't worry, which is a framed watercolor of their wedding venue. And at 1 p.m., I start loading the car with all of my many supplies. So flowers for the rehearsal dinner, our radios for the event, the couple's thank you gift, giant Tupperware bins with our cake and our dessert stands, a giant 10-foot by 90-foot velvet aisle runner, 
my supply kit that has a myriad of little knickknacks and tools like extra earring backs, floral tapes, sticky notes, candle lighters, like so many random different things. And of course, our production books that I pick up from the printer the day before the wedding or two day, a couple days before the wedding and all of our other stuff. Okay, so then at 1.45 p.m., I order lunch from Tropical Smoothie, and I pick it up on my way to the rehearsal. So 3.27 p.m., again, we're still on Friday, I arrive at the rehearsal dinner venue and immediately deliver the rehearsal dinner flowers and check on the setup of the dinner. The tables look awesome, and the flowers look so beautiful, but because we're in a smaller venue, the tables are now skinnier, and the flowers take up a lot of the space on the table. Now, it normally wouldn't be a problem, except the meal is family style and the catering staff are not happy about how little space there is on the table because they have nowhere to put the food. I get it. So we troubleshoot and we compromise and decide that we're going to scoot the flowers and place settings a little bit so that there's more room. And then we agree that it's okay that the staff move the flowers off of the tables during dinner and onto a mantle in the fireplace and kind of around the room so that there's more space for the actual family-style meal. So everything looks perfect. It's gorgeous. I'm super happy. It's also kind of trending a little bit warmer, which is great. So then I walk over to where we're having the rehearsal for the ceremony. It's now 3.50 p.m. And Guys, some people think that the ceremony rehearsal is just a formality and it's superfluous, but the rehearsal is very, very necessary. One, this is the whole reason why we're having this party, right? Yes. Make sure that you get it right. Two, your wedding party absolutely needs to practice how they're walking in. They need to hear the music that they're walking to, see where they're going, see where they're standing during the ceremony. You definitely don't want them looking around and scooting from side to side when it's your actual ceremony. It just looks messy. It's also helpful to practice the recessional. So again, everyone knows where they're going, when they're walking, with whom they're walking, the music, all that stuff. I've had couples not tell their divorced parents that they're walking together down the aisle and then change things on me at the ceremony rehearsal because they're like, wait, I'm not married to him yet. Do I still have to walk with him? I get it. It's totally cool. But like, why didn't we talk about this before the actual day of the wedding? I asked my couples and they're like, yeah, sure. We ran it by people. They don't. It's fine. I don't care who people walks with, but I would much rather figure that out on the day before the wedding. So we're not doing do do with our partners and getting flustered on the day of the wedding. So it's perfect to do this at the ceremony rehearsal. Okay, back to our day. So now it's 4 p.m. on Friday and we have our ceremony rehearsal. We rehearse with the officiant and they're going to step aside when the couple kisses at the end of the ceremony. This is what the song is going to sound like. This is what we're going to press play for, well, not play, but this is when our music is going to start playing, all this stuff. The ceremony does take a full hour to rehearse and so now we are at 5 p.m. Now I head back over to the rehearsal dinner venue and make sure that everything is ready for our guests to arrive at 5.15 p.m. The champagne is poured, the bar is set, the music is playing in the background, and everything looks gorgeous. So our guests start to arrive at 5.25, 5.30, and everything is going great. I'm kind of just like walking around, making sure everything is still going well, no one needs anything. And now we're supposed to sit down for dinner at around 6 p.m., but the bride's sister and her family of four have not arrived yet. So we only have like 35 people for this event, so we wait a couple minutes but I don't want the food to get cold. So we start to usher the guests into dinner at around 6.15 p.m. and the missing family still has not arrived yet. 
So everyone sits down. There are no assigned seats because, again, they didn't want them. I had suggested that they have place cards designating places for guests to sit, but they're like, it's fine. It's like a small dinner. We don't think we need them. So fine. What happens? Everyone sits down, and then the bride and groom don't have seats next to each other because they didn't have assigned seats. In addition, the family of four, who hasn't arrived yet, doesn't have seats all next to each other. So they are going to have to sit at the end of two of the tables. So two people, actually no, three people are at one table and then one person is at another table, which is actually okay because the tables are super close next to each other. So they're basically sitting next to each other, but they're still not at the same table. They're next to each other at different tables. I don't love it, but there's nothing for me to do at this point. So We ask one side of the table to scoot down to make room for the bride and groom, which allows them now to sit next to each other, but the family of four who hasn't arrived yet will have to be okay with being split up. There's nothing we can do. Three of them, like I said, will be at one end of one table, and the last person will be next to them at the end of the other table. So dinner service goes really well. The food is delicious. The family of four eventually arrives around 6.40 p.m. They miss the first course, but since it's family style, there's plenty of food. Plus, we're able to get them a salad from the kitchen that we had held for them when they came. Okay, so 7.15 p.m. The meal progresses, and it's fairly uneventful, and I'm standing nearby as dinner is finishing up, and then the mother of the bride beckons for me to come over, so I do. One of the guests is actually a foreign exchange student from France, and she has a fly on her plate. (sighs) She has already finished most of her meal, and the fly was on like the corner of her plate. From the looks of it, she had gotten through most of her meal, and then the fly came to join in at the end. He was not cooked in the food, but rather flew in from outside and landed on her plate. So fortunately, or rather unfortunately, she was able to eliminate him with her napkin, meaning she squished him. I apologized for the fly's trespass on her plate and asked if the guest wanted a new plate, but she said she was okay. I did bring it to the attention of the catering staff, but there wasn't much to be done at this point. The bride's mom was kind of, I think, mad and annoyed, but I was like, there's nothing I can do. I'm sorry that a fly flew in. I feel really bad. I get it, but you know, I tried. The guest was super fine with it. So I didn't feel as bad. Okay. So 7.30 PM didn't, but again, like it's like a freaking fly is just ruining this beautiful meal. Anyways, this stuff happens. So 7.30 PM dinner continues, dessert is served. And then the guests retire to another room in the venue for coffee and mingling. I say goodbye at around 8 PM so I can get home, pack up my stuff for the next day, and then go to bed at a decent hour. So in the car, I'm driving home, I receive a text from the videographer that her second shooter is sick, and do I have recommendations for a second videographer or a babysitter, and she asks me what the schedule is for the next day so she can figure out childcare. I don't get mad or annoyed. This happens. I have kids. I get it. People get sick. So I pull over, take a screenshot of the schedule on my phone, and text it back to her. I send her names to some babysitters and let her know that if she needs to call me, just go ahead and call me. And then later on, a couple hours later, she texts me that she finds a backup shooter and childcare, so we're all set. Crisis like number four averted. Okay, so at home, I do a quick manicure on my nails so they can be somewhat presentable, take a shower and dry my hair. Then I proceed to use my one-inch square hole punch to punch out the labels for our couple's favors. So literally in the last month before the wedding, 
they decided they wanted to add a gift bag favor for their guests at the end of the night. So we got local maple syrup and locally roasted coffee. However, the maple syrup from farm didn't have enough time to print labels on the little mini jars of maple syrup. And I was going to let it go, but I just couldn't. This was the last thing that the guests were going to get from the wedding and it needed something. Otherwise, the bottles literally looked like those little mini airplane bottles of bourbon because there's this beautiful golden maple syrup. And there's no way of people knowing what is inside the bottles, even though I know I think we had tags made, but I was going to settle for making a sign that we were going to put next to the bags, but I knew once people got home, they would have no idea what was inside the bottle and they were going to get thrown away. So we quickly made a label and had FedEx print them. However, because of the really short turnaround time, they didn't have time to cut them out. So guess who was cutting them out Friday night before the dinner? Now, I would never try to manually cut out a label. That would take too much time and the lines would never be straight. But I have a one inch diameter square hole punch. So I cut these little slits behind each sticker so it would be easier to peel off the next day once we punched them out with my hole punch. Then I punched out the, some of the stickers, but it just got too late and I decided to just give it to someone else during the day, during dancing at the wedding, and then I went to bed. So on Saturday, I wake up around 6.45 a.m. and do my hair, hopefully before the kids wake up. So at 7.18 p.m., no, a.m., I don't know why I keep saying p.m., a.m., I put in my right contact in my eye because I have contacts. However, I had made a fatal mistake the night before. For anyone that wears contacts, you might know where I'm going with this. I had put my contacts in a small flat case and then put the hydrogen peroxide contact solution on top. Unfortunately, it was the wrong case. So the solution did not have time to neutralize overnight. Therefore, I literally just put hydrogen peroxide on my eye and I was supposed to be leaving for the venue in like an hour. I curse and I scream and I try to flush out my eye with as much water as I can take. The box says you have to flush your eye for 20 minutes, but I don't have 20 minutes, so I do it for like 10 or 12 or 15. Then I text my friend who's an ophthalmologist for what to do. And then at 8, 10 a.m., I shove yogurt and granola into my mouth, kiss my kids goodbye, and then head to Target to pick up the eye drops that my friend recommended. And then I drive to the venue with my glasses on and my contacts in my bag. Don't worry, I just threw out the other ones. Because I was not taking any more chances, I grabbed a fresh new pair that I hoped would be able to be put in my eye by the time the ceremony got underway. So at 9.27 a.m. on Saturday, I arrive at the venue, and I'm excited to see that the venue has almost finished seaming some of the linens, and then I look closer, and I realize they're not the right linens. They had steamed the linens for breakfast the next day, not the ones for cocktail hour or the wedding. And this is why no matter how much information we give to the vendors before the wedding, we still need to be there bright and early to oversee everything. I'm not getting mad. I'm just like, this is just what happens. So at 9.43 a.m., our team divides into their respective roles and areas for the wedding. I go with my staff that's setting up the aisle runner for our ceremony. Some of our staff is going to help steam the linens. I set up our tripod to film the installation of the aisle runner, which takes a lot less time than I anticipated. And they still have to manually punch holes into the runner and stick it down. I bought this really special leather hole puncher that does just that. But I had actually bought it and we had started testing it out like a, a month or two before the wedding. And then I realized I had assembled it wrong. So luckily I did it the first time around and not the actual day of the wedding. So we were all set. 
the day of the wedding. Okay, so now it's 10.26 a.m. I make my way to the team that's setting up our escort card installation. The rental company had just delivered the wall they're being hung on, our escort card tags, and then we set it up where we had planned for it to go and check in with the venue. And they're like, no, don't put it there because it's going to cover up the heating vents for our tent, so move it somewhere else. So then we move it somewhere else, which is actually a lot better because it's better for lighting and photography purposes. And then the rental company touches up the paint on the escort card wall and it dries. And then my team starts to hang the signage and escort cards. Today's episode is brought to you by Proven Skincare. I am so excited that Proven is a sponsor of our podcast. A couple of years ago, I started buying expensive skin creams instead of my drugstore face wash and moisturizer because my skin was looking a little rough. Literally, it looked rough on the surface. It never seemed hydrated and I was getting more and more wrinkles, but I had no idea what I needed and felt like I was throwing money away. That's why I love Proven. Proven created a personalized skincare routine that addressed my specific skin and its needs. I filled out a short questionnaire that asked me questions like, where do I live? Does my face feel tight when I get out of the shower? How much time do I spend in front of a screen? Important factors that affected the state of my skin. After using Proven's daily face wash, moisturizer, and night cream for only a couple of days, I kid you not, guys, my face was visibly smoother. I couldn't stop looking at my face in the mirror. It was kind of bad. Even my husband saw a difference, and he can't even tell when I get my hair cut. Now I am obsessed with Proven skincare and tell literally everyone about it, including you. Whether you're a bride or groom and you want to take extra good care of your skin so you're glowing from the inside out on your wedding day, or you're a regular person like me just trying to reverse the signs of aging, you need to use Proven. Visit ProvenSkincare.com and enter the code Desiree for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's ProvenSkincare.com and enter the code Desiree, that's D-E-S-I-R-E-E, to get 20% off your entire purchase at checkout. So then I move the tripod to capture some of that, and then I go over to the dining room and see what's going on for setup in our dining room. So on my way to the dining room, I ask one of my staff to take our maple syrup labels and finish punching them out and then applying them to the maple syrup bottles. Yay, one thing off my list. All right, it's 11.35 a.m., and we have inventoried all of the racks from the rental company, but we can't seem to locate some of our votive candle holders. In addition, the pillar candles that we ordered for the candelabras on the head table look small. They're just like too short and a little too skinny and just not the right proportion. So I also check in with our lounge company and they realized that they forgot to bring the pillar candles to put inside their lanterns in the lounge. Um, and also like, in a bunch of other places. So we're having a candle issue. So the venue is actually in a kind of a remote part of the state. So I asked them where we can go to get candles because we have to get new pillars for our head table and then candles for our lanterns, thinking that I'm going to send someone from my team to go pick them up. Luckily, I love this venue. They have a closet full of different kinds of candles So we take a walk to see what they have. She shoots me some pictures. They have several that fit in our lanterns. And then we decide to stack some of their shorter, fatter pillars for our candlesticks that are going on our head table. They're not like those skinny tapers. They're more like these fat 
chubby candelabras with pillars. So those actually work out really well if we just stack a couple on top of each other. Now, I know it only took me like two minutes to tell you guys about all these candle issues, but in reality, it took like 35 to 45 minutes to actually fix the issue because I was dealing with other things at the same time. Okay, so moving on, while we are still looking for the missing votive holders, I mock up one of the dinner rounds and rectangles so that the staff can replicate it for the rest of the tables. So this just shows them how the glassware should be placed, where the menus are going to go, how the napkins should be folded, how they're going to be set up, where the flowers are all going to be, etc. So now it's 12.30 p.m. and we break for lunch and I take a minute to eat and review all of our outstanding tasks. One, we still can't find the votive holders. I'm starting to get angry slash very annoyed. Two, the cake baker is on their way, so it's awesome. I call the rental company regarding the votive holders, and they're like, nope, we put them on the truck. They should definitely be there. They're like, just keep looking. We're like, okay. And then our photo and video team come down from the wedding suite, and they're shooting their bride's details and their wedding stationery. And then the bride texts me that the air conditioning and the wedding suite has leaked a giant puddle on the floor, and it's now very warm. Awesome. I talk to the venue about this and head up to assess what's going on. It turns out they're also behind because the bride was late getting started, and now people don't know where to get dressed. So prior to the week of the wedding, we put together an itinerary for the wedding party and family about where to go, what to eat, where to get dressed, all these things. But you can't help people if they don't read things. So I, I just, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. I let them know they can just get dressed in the wedding suite since they have all of their stuff and the venue is going to take care of the whole AC issue. And we're actually okay time-wise because we built in extra time throughout our day so that we can get behind if we need to. So now I'm like at around 2 p.m. and I make sure that the florist has all of the personals ready and then I show the photographers where they are so that they can come get them when they're going to shoot portraits. And then we also head to the groom suite with the florist to pin the boutonnieres on the groomsmen and the fathers. So now it's 2.45 p.m. and the DJ has arrived. So I discuss with him. I just check in with him. Like this is what the lighting is going to look like around the dance floor and the uplighting on the trees on the back lawn. And then I had hand him off to my production lead who goes over all of the music and cues with him and the pronunciations of the wedding party's names. She also orders a meal for the string quintet because they have to leave right after cocktail hour to get back for a performance with the orchestra later that night. So now it's 3.12 p.m. and the cake baker has arrived and we discuss how to set up the cake table. We decide the cakes can be set out. The couple had actually ordered one three-tier cake and then two side cakes that are going to go next to the cake. So it's like a little mini cake buffet. And then my staff is also checking in with a transportation company to make sure that they've left the hotel and are on their way to the ceremony. Most of my staff now at this point, because it's getting close to the ceremony time, go and change into their wedding clothes really quick, freshen up their makeup. And then we get back to setting up our remaining tasks. Now it's 3.30 p.m. and the string quintet has arrived and they're setting up outside. The string quintet has been a nightmare, not because they're hard to work with, but the couple really wanted a string quintet to play outside in late October. String instruments cannot get wet and they can't be outside if the temperature falls below 55 degrees. This is upstate New York in late October. They also wanted a flat stage of some sort, which they didn't tell us until three weeks before the wedding. And the venue and I have to go through all of these backup plans to figure out how we're going to have the string quintet outside if it's cold or raining outside. For the rain, it was actually fine because they have a tent 
that they always use for their ceremonies anyways. But depending on how cold it got, even with tent heaters, it might not be warm enough for the string instruments because they literally can't be outside if it's that cold because it just ruins them and they just sound different. Luckily, it's a balmy 67 degrees outside. It's like the best possible October day we could have ever hoped for. And they were super happy to play outside and they didn't even need the carpet and the platform that we had procured for them so that they could play because they were like, we need a flat stage. I don't know. We tried. We, we did what we needed to do, but they're like, it's fine. We don't need it. Thanks. I'm glad, I'm glad you don't need it now. Anyways, it's 3.43 p.m. and I noticed that lots of leaves have now fallen on our beautiful ivory velvet aisle runner. So I asked the venue if they have a leaf blower. She grabs it and starts to blow the leaves off all of our aisle and it looks awesome. Okay, now it's 4 p.m. The ceremony is supposed to start at 4.30 p.m. Now, guests are starting to arrive, but they're being held upstairs in the lobby by the hotel because the bride and groom haven't come down yet from their photos. So I text the photographer to see where they are, and she says that they're coming with an exclamation point, but I don't see them anywhere. So the venue, like I said, is holding the guests, but we decide to let them go since we don't see the bride and groom in sight. And so the string quintet begins to play the prelude music and everyone goes downstairs. They're out going to the ceremony and it actually turned out really, really well because now that it's 4.17 p.m., our couple is now arriving and no one's there to see them so they can kind of sneak into our wedding party holding area, which is awesome. They had left to go take photos somewhere else and they had to walk back. So I get it. I'm happy. We're not running late, so we're good. So we line up the wedding party for the ceremony. We cue the ceremony and we're off. It's awesome. During the ceremony, I check in with my staff to make sure that the catering is ready with hors d'oeuvres and signature cocktails for after the ceremony, that the chairs are set up for the quintet in the cocktail hour space so that they can play quickly after the ceremony. Now, we never found our missing votive holders. So any staff that aren't part of the ceremony are now spreading out the votive holders that we have on the cocktail table so they don't look sparse. I hate seeing a table with nothing on it. I think it looks like a mistake. So I like to decorate in threes or in odd numbers. So we have flowers on all of the tables, but then we add two votives onto the table. So there's like a little trio or we do three votives and just kind of spread everything out. So the ceremony ends and we cue the quintet for the recessional and the postlude and the venue is ready to serve signature cocktails and tray pass wine. So I head to the dining room to make sure everything is ready for dinner. Okay, I walk around the room and check in with a DJ to see if he has any questions. Of course, he doesn't have his script that I put together for him and I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. I'm just going to let my production manager deal with it and I'm just not even going to deal with it right now. He has something queued up on his computer, but I literally made a script for him so he knows exactly what to say and when. He doesn't have to guess how to pronounce people's names and he knows when to fade out the music. Literally script it cue by cue. I love this DJ. I just don't know why people don't use the tools I have that I give to them, I make for them. I know it's going to be fine. We have a great team, but I just know that my production lead is going to have to be on him more just to make sure that everything goes smoothly and it's still very tightly, seamlessly choreographed and it's not like we have like these weird random pauses and people don't know what's going on. I hate that. Okay, so then I check in with photo and video and they're ready to take photos of the room before the guests come in. So they take their photos and then we bring in our couple and they're super ecstatic and they don't notice any of the changes that we had to like last minute, like the pillar candles being kind of small because they look great now because we doubled them up. 
another crisis. I think that's like the number six crisis averted. Okay. It's now 5.45 p.m. and we get ready to invite guests into dinner for 6 p.m. And the bride goes to bustle her dress before we introduce them at like around 6.15 p.m. So the guests come into the room. I check in with the bride and she's still bustling her dress. For the love of Pete, people, please practice bustling your dress with your bridesmaids or whoever is supposed to help you. If you can't do that, then at least send the video to your wedding planner Normally, I try to let the bridesmaids and moms do it because they like having a special job to do, but they literally could not figure out where the little ribbons were to bustle her dress. I'm like, they're right there. I'm pointing to them. They're like, no, that's not it. That's too small. I'm like, no, it's right there. I bustled many dresses in my day, so I know what to look for. So we got a little bit behind, but I'm like, fine, nothing I can do about it. So we just started 15 minutes late because the bustling took too long. Luckily, the venue was on it. They served guests wine and they confirmed their meal selections. So no one even knew that we were off schedule. I knew, but it was fine. Dinner proceeds as planned. The couple actually opted to serve a sorbet course in between salad and the entree. So dinner took a little bit longer. But I wasn't super worried that we were running behind, even though like it kills my soul if we're even like a few minutes behind, because this crowd seemed like they were more excited to be chatting and visiting with each other and just like having a good time at dinner rather than having a ruckus dance party afterward. So it was fine. We didn't really rush them. We did go over a little bit on time because the photographer and videographer were supposed to leave at 9 p.m., but they stayed an extra half hour late, and normally they would charge extra, but because we have a really good relationship, they said they were going to charge the couple, so I was like, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate that. So then we have the first dance and the parent dances, and then they cut cake, and then the dance floor opens, and then at about this time, it's like 9.30 now, The time my staff are starting to help clear the tables. They take the card box and gifts to the couple's room. They do some tidying up of the space, throw out the extra programs and, and extra menus. And then we also take time to move all of the gift bags, the favors that they finished stuffing during dinner to the hallway so the guests can take them before they leave. We take inventory of all of the rentals that don't need to be washed and start packing everything up. We also take a minute just to sit for a little bit because we've been on our feet for 12 hours and our back and our feet are really starting to hurt. It's 9.30 p.m. So we make sure that the buses have returned and start doing loops to take guests home. And then we're just kind of taking a rest. Now it's now it's 10.30 p.m. and we check in with the venue to confirm that the bar is definitely still closing at 11 and that the after party space is all set up and ready to go. So 11 p.m. rolls around and the reception ends and we quickly finish breaking down the room. We pack up all the cake stands, all the extra desserts. We pack up the candle holders, the lanterns, move inside the lounge furniture so it doesn't get dew all over it. We count all the napkins. Yes, we have to count all of the napkins so that the couple doesn't get charged for any missing things. They take down the tablecloth so they can be shipped back to the rental company, and we do a bunch of other cleaning tasks, but this episode is getting too long, so I'm going to skip all that. And then I confirm with the venue to pack up the top tier of the cake because the couple does want to take it home. And then we pack up my car and head home at around 11.50 midnight p.m. a.m. And I get home a little after 1.00 take some melatonin and fall asleep. I always have a hard time going to bed after a wedding, even though my body is exhausted. I'm just exhausted telling you guys about this. 
because my mind is always racing after all of the adrenaline from the day. I don't drink coffee on wedding days or really that much at all because I'm just so sensitive to caffeine, but I have all this adrenaline from the day of the wedding, so I don't even need it. So on Sunday, I send a thank you email to the couple and their wedding vendors, and then the couple texts me and asks where the top tier of their cake went. So I check in with the venue, and they said that someone at brunch told them that they didn't want the cake and they didn't want to take it home, so the venue threw it out. I have no words. Like, there's nothing, at this point, there's nothing I can do. The venue feels really bad. They have no idea why that happened. They're like, we, you know, our staff asked them if they wanted the cake. And they said, no, we don't need it anymore. And so they threw it out. So the venue feels super bad. And they offer to make them another cake that they can take home. But the couple has already left because they've started driving home. And they said it was fine. I feel bad. But again, there's like nothing I can do. Sometimes, guys, it's really hard for me because I want to fix everything. But at the end of the day, some things I just can't fix and I have to be okay with it. Also, the rental company texts me that they found the missing votives. They were delivered to another event. So they were on the truck. They just didn't make it to our event. Cue a massive eye roll. Again, nothing I can do. At this point, it's just humorous. I can't do anything about it. So I just laugh at the irony. I text my staff and be like, this is what happened. I make myself one of the maple bourbon apple cocktails from the night before, and then I take another nap. And that concludes today's edition of What the Heck Does a Wedding Planner Do at Your Wedding? To make it easier and faster for this episode, I did gloss over many other things that happened during that day because this episode was getting too long. Don't forget, I have a staff of four or five people that come with me on wedding day. So it's not just me running around doing everything. I would never be able to do everything on the day of the wedding because it's just not enough time. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so I can make sure that this is a regular thing in each season. As always, if you have any feedback or follow-up questions, make sure you send me a DM on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast or call the Wedding Planning Hotline at 585-210-3467. Again, that's 585-210-3467. For the episode show notes, make sure you visit verveventco.com forward slash 86. Now it's time for our review of the week. Okay. Today's review is from S. Reynolds815, who writes, amazing tips, five stars. If you are planning a wedding or even an event, this podcast is amazing. The knowledge and experience of this host is unbeatable. Yay. Thank you so much, S. Reynolds815, for that amazing review. I'm so glad that you love the podcast. And guys, if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, please, if you want, leave us your Instagram handle and we'll make sure to follow you back on Instagram. And now for an update on the names for our podcast listeners. Now, if you are not caught up on the show, I am trying to think of a name for you, our listener. If you have a suggestion, please leave the show a five-star review in Apple Podcasts with your vote. If you come up with the winning name for our podcast listeners and our Instagram fans, you will win a one-hour all-access call with me for free. I will answer any and all of your wedding planning or wedding business owning questions. We can put together your wedding budget, draft your wedding design, or you can pick my brain about anything I've done in my wedding business completely for free. 
Now, all entries will be accepted until the end of February, at which time our community will vote. So leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your suggestion, and I will update you all each week on how that goes. Now, if you're not sure what I'm talking about when I say a name, for example, the Buffalo Bills fans are called the Bills Mafia. We just had the Super Bowl, so I don't remember what their fans are called, but again... You get my well, you get what I mean. Last week we did get four suggestions, which I'm gonna review right now. They were believers or love verbs, which is a play on my wedding planning company, which is Verve Event Co. We have ATPs, as in the initials of the podcast, ATP, the planies, which kind of think it sounds like panties. I don't know. We have at the Ask Masters, but again, I feel like that's kind of a mouthful. And it sounds like you're saying ass. I don't know. We have the ATP party or the planner party, which is like a wedding party or bridal party, but not. So anyways, let me know what you think. Maybe some planning protégés. I don't know. We are making progress, so I'm really excited about that. Let me know what you think, what you're leaning towards you, or if you hate these ideas and come up with your own. Keep thinking. Keep sending me your ideas and suggestions for new episodes. Do you like it when I have sit-downs with vendors? Are there any specific vendors that you admire or you ones you want to hear from? We've covered a lot, but there are still so many others in the industry, so let me know who you want to hear from. Anyone that's getting married and you want to know the scoop, let me know who they are, and I can try to get an interview with them. Leave the show a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and let me know what you want. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 